Hello, you are listening to episode 53 of Keep Blooming, and this is your host, Liz Montigny. Today, Kylie Hine, a Catholic mindset coach, joins me, and we cover emotions versus choices. And as scripture says, let's take every thought captive. Time, that four-letter word we all have trouble with. Time for what? And how much is enough? And spiritual direction versus coaching. I think there's an important difference there. Kylie is a wife, mom, disciple, Catholic mindset coach, and podcast host. She specializes in helping high-achieving women who want to do it all, reduce stress, and nurture trust in God by developing and implementing a plan of life uniquely designed around their temperament and state in life. When Kylie isn't coaching or speaking, you'll find her on the farm with her family, buying more books than she has time for, or tucked away in a corner spending time with Jesus. So let's get growing and keep blooming. Tired of overthinking your next step? Do you want simple steps to level up your mind, body, and spirit? Or maybe you need some inspiration to reach your goal. Then you've tuned into the right podcast. This is Keep Blooming, and I'm your host, Liz Montigny. Each week, I'll encourage you to drop the hustle mentality for hope and act on the dreams God has put on your heart. Like you, I'm doing all the things as a Catholic, a wife, a mom to three boys, and a licensed Ziegler coach. So let's get growing and keep blooming. Welcome to another episode of Keep Blooming. I'm your host, Liz Montigny. And today I have another guest on the show with us. She is Kylie Hine. Kylie, welcome to the show. Hello. I'm happy to be here. Excellent. Well, I can't wait to talk with Kylie. She is a Catholic mindset coach. She's a wife, a mom, disciple, and podcast host as well. She specializes in helping high-achieving women who want to do it all, reduce stress, and nurture our trust in God by developing and implementing a plan of life uniquely designed around their temperament and state of life. Ooh, I can't wait to talk to you more about this. So when Kylie isn't coaching or speaking, uh, you can find her on the farm with her family, buying more books than she has time for, or tucked away in a corner spending time with Jesus. Well, Kylie, I hear you on the books. I finally read a book this summer on the beach that I've had since like last year. So I get it. What is a Catholic mindset coach? What does that mean to you? That's an excellent question. I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about what coaches do and specifically what Catholic coaches do. So Catholic coaches are a little bit different than secular coaches in that everything that we do is we're holding it up to the light of truth, objective truth. Um, It's following Catholic anthropology that is rooted in the teaching of the saints, St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Ignatius, um, all of those wonderful leaders who have gone before us. Uh, But I like to think of mindset coaches as guides that are helping us to bring the interior life into the exterior. So it's like it's having a person to mirror back what is inside of us because we often don't see ourselves as we actually are. We have this infinite capacity for self-deception And so it's someone to help us see what is going on in our mind so that we can figure out where our emotions are coming from because they're coming from thoughts 
And what are the results of those thoughts, those actions, whether they're leading to sin or they are leading to a closer relationship with God, or maybe just they're helping us toward a goal or they're not helping us toward a goal. And what's really cool is most people don't know that an initial emotion or feeling only lasts 90 seconds. Anything after that is actually our choice to consent to the thought that's causing the emotion. So we actually have the option to choose to follow this thought or not follow this thought. And so that's kind of the foundation of Catholic coaching. Um, and it's actually been around since the 300s. There was a, a theologian. Um, I'm actually currently reading a book. We talked about books, uh, The Seven Deadly Sins by Kevin Vost. And he talks about this in here in um, how early this kind of thought was around. And um, it goes back to uh, Evagrius in the 300s, which is really cool. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. Well, I, I definitely have some thoughts on what you just shared, but I feel like before we get too into that, I just want to hop over to our scripture passage. And listeners, um, you know, I've been asking um, our guests to pick their uh, favorite uh, passage. And so we could talk about that. So that has been uh, really fun for me and just interesting to hear what, what uh, people picked. So let me get there. So Kylie has picked Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. Kylie, I'm so glad you picked this passage. I've been meditating on this one for a while, uh, especially this year. And there's just so much to it. And I think it's also one of those misunderstood ones. Um, what what brought you to this? Is this something that you've always loved or is it recent for you? Um, Actually, this one came up a lot starting back in February. I was on a four-day silent retreat and I was going to confession and one of the, the priests there actually brought it up. And so I started going back to it again and again in my morning prayer. And I was like, okay, this is one that I just need to memorize. Like I need to have this one down. This is something that I can go back to again and again, especially because I work with a lot of high achievers and my brain is naturally wired to be a doer, right? I'm more of a, um, I have a Martha and a Mary side, but the Martha side can totally take over. And so, although I love to do a lot of things, I can easily burn myself out. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, I need rest. I need to go to the Lord. And so I really love this passage and and it's uh, been close to me a lot, especially since this past February. Beautiful. And I have to agree with you there. I'm very much, um, you know, I have to be doing something. What's the next thing and the next thing? And this has been really speaking to me of just, let me, let me help you. Let me mm. do it. That's hard. That's hard to be like, okay, let go of the reins, you know? So uh, thanks let for, control. yeah, absolutely. So thanks for, uh, you know, revisiting that with me. I appreciate that. I love some of the things that you were talking about in, um, you know, when you're describing uh, Catholic coaching, which that is a fabulous definition, by the way. And, you know, choice, we're all about choice. And, and I think sometimes we get stuck because we forget 
that all of these things in our life are a choice. And um, I love that reminder of the emotion is, is 90 seconds. That's mm-hmm. it. And then beyond that, you choose, you know, how you're, you're going to respond or react. And, and I'm big on that respond or react because for a lot of my life, and especially as a mom, before I got into to coaching and so forth, I was reacting to things. Mm. Um, instead of responding. And so I love this idea of, you know, taking that moment of pause and being like, okay, what, what is this really asking of me? So, and I work with a lot of people who are, and I'm sure you do, who are saying, oh, I don't have time for this, or I don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't believe you. (laughs) You know, and then we, we, you know, we really get into the nitty gritty. So, you know, when, when women are coming to you, is, is that what you're hearing a lot? Like choice, time, like, tell me about that. Absolutely. It's, you know, I actually listened to your episode on time and I, you're like, everyone wants coached on time. It's so true. That's something that I, it was one of the first things I ever got coached on was like, oh my gosh, I don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. And, and it's how much is enough and what is actually on your to-do list? You know, like yeah. when we can sort out the facts and not let, you know, understand the difference between what our circumstances are and what our choices are inside locus of control, outside locus of control. Um, and I love that you said pause because this is a phrase my spiritual director uses and I've totally stolen it every time I lead prayer is like, thank you, Lord, for this pause from the busyness of the day, because that pause in the day, like it gives us the opportunity to reflect, to understand that God is in the present, like he is in this moment. And if we are worried about time, then that is like, that's the opposite pulling us in into the future, into this worry and confusion and anxiety. But God is like right here right now. And so when we can just sit with him and take a breath, like he's going to fill us with everything we need. And we're going to understand, like, we don't have all of these things that have to get done. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially with people, like I said, who are high achievers, we want to do everything. It's hard for us to say no. It's like, oh, this sounds exciting. Or like somebody thinks I'm going to be really good at this. So I should go do that. And then the next thing we know, there's not a free second on our calendar. But when we can sit with God, and we can hear that shepherd's voice, then we know this is part of my purpose and this thing is not. And then we start to be able to clear out a lot of things out of our life that we don't need. We leave those things for the other people whose gift and purpose is to do those things. And we Mm -hmm. kind of like stay in our lane of, this is what God is calling me to do and I'm gonna do it really well. You know, one of the things that we do when we have, when we decide that we're going to do all the things is we're not letting other people use their gifts, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so I'm, I'm glad that you, that you shared that. I know in spiritual direction, there's this concept of, you know, plan of life and, and you mm-hmm. mentioned your bio too. So talk to me a little bit about plan of life and what's the difference between what you do and what a spiritual director would do. This is an excellent question. I actually have an episode, podcast episode on this. So first question, so plan of life, sometimes called a rule of life. You may have heard of this with the religious communities. They have a rule of life. The Benedictines are well known for this. Um, so a plan of life is kind of an individualized version of that. It's kind of like a, a way that we are mapping out a blueprint of how we are going to show up for a day. 
So it's not necessarily a checklist, although I do have a checklist that I give clients individualized to them because some of them like that accountability homework, but it's really a way that we are intentionally showing up every single day, a way that we are committing to God. And the way that I set up a plan of life is looking at a person's temperament, if you're familiar with the temperaments at all. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of cholerics and melancholics. Um, and then I, from there, we look at their state in life. So are they a mother? Do they have small children? Are they a college student? Um, you know, because all of those factors play in differently. How much sleep do they need? Um, we look at schedules. You know, you talk about time. Like when we're sleepy, we're not showing up well for prayer or anything else. So bedtimes, all of those things. And then we create a plan of life. And depending on where they are in their spiritual journey, and kind of what their prayer life already looks like, we try to implement some key things. So obviously weekly mass, those are kind of givens that we kind of expect people to do. Um, and then the other five keys are morning mental prayer. Okay, morning mental prayer, the daily exam, and those are kind of the end caps on your day. Mm -hmm. uh, the rosary, the Eucharist and confession. So if you're listening to this and have to rewind, um, and I suggest you do, um, you can also think of this as almost like time blocking, you know, mm -hmm. like you can look at your week um, and, you know, what are the, what are the things that need to be on there? Mm -hmm. I would imagine that through a lot of this, you know, you're talking about being intentional and committing that requires some amount of silence and we live in such a noisy world both visual and audio and just everything that we really have to going back to the idea of making a choice we really have to make the choice and make the time to take that silence so mm -hmm. you know we can better understand where god is drawing us so what what do you tell uh your clients or is there a tool that you encourage them to use to bring that silence in? The first thing, if someone does not have a morning mental prayer practice, that is what we start with. Our brains are a little sleepier in the morning and we aren't as sidetracked by all the to-dos or the stressors and the anxiety. So the strategy that I tell them is the first thing in the morning, you wake up before you get on your cell phone, before you check anything. I mean, I even tell people, I literally, I wear an old school watch that is not connected to my phone and it has yep. a timer that goes off. Um, I don't always wake up to it, but a lot of times I'll get out of bed to that before my phone ever goes off. So I'm not even tempted to be looking at a screen. Yes. Um, and then you start with, it could be five minutes. It could be 15 minutes. Um, it again, depends on your state of life, but you spend that time in silent prayer and specifically mental prayer. So it could be Lexio Divina, um, something like that, where you are actually listening. You are placing yourself in the presence of God, but you are listening. You're not just reading off a bunch of stuff. So you're taking the time to sit with a scripture verse or something like that. Maybe it's a daily devotional, but again, taking that time to really listen. Yeah. And then as your plan of life grows, you'll use that time to really reflect on like, where can I grow in virtue? What specific virtue is God calling me to? And so some people's plan of life, yes, we have these set like time blocking things like you mentioned, but I was working with a mom with four young children and we were even talking about ways that she could grow in virtue. And she noticed there was a certain time of day that was always chaos with her kids. 
And so we talked about, okay, like how is God asking you to show up differently during this time? And so we kind of just made a plan and that went back into her plan of life of like, I'm going to actively work on just this moment. I can't fix everything right now, but I'm going to work on like this half hour of the day that I'm home with my four children to just show up as a better version of myself to try to grow in this particular virtue. Yeah. So the difference you asked between a spiritual director and a coach, I am working on becoming a spiritual director. Um, Yeah. But as a coach, we focus more on the habits Mm-hmm. And the mental side of it, um, yes, there's definitely spiritual overlap, um, but it's more short-term, tangible goals, developing those habits, working on the mindset and the human formation side, whereas the spiritual director, like, you're mainly showing up for the spiritual aspect of things. Um, again, the human side plays into that as well. There's always overlap and crossover, uh, but that's more of, like, the long haul marathon like you're usually with your spiritual director for a much longer period of time like this is a lifetime commitment whereas with your coach we're hopefully giving you the skills and the tools that you aren't going to need us forever or maybe it's just like a brief check-in when things are getting really crazy but hopefully after 12 weeks or so you have these tools that you're able to utilize yourself and and continue to flourish yeah, exactly. And uh, I agree with just everything you said. And the same thing when I work with my clients, like it's it's very much, you know, what can we do right now to uh, reframe or build this a, be- a habit up or or change something around that's not working for you? Like your example of the, of the busy mom and in and, and the crazy time of day and, mm-hmm. and how can you just show up better? And, um, you know, that's why I love this idea of when you're working with a a life coach, it's a very holistic approach because of course we have to talk about your spiritual habits and what's Mm -hmm. going on there because that just, you know, is the foundation for everything that you do. And I've I've noticed time and time again, um, even just some minor tweaks and improvements in that area can really just open a person up to so many wonderful things. Um, just reframing their mindset and, and just the hope that they can achieve what they want, you yeah, know? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. You know, especially like you had the example of, of the mom and, and the chaos at, at that mm-hmm. certain time of day. And, and um, you know, that's, that's very real for so many of us. Um, so when you're working with the high achiever and the, in the busy, you know, lifestyle and family, what are, you know, if somebody is not taking this um, silence or self-reflection time, where do you start with them? So you, you're starting with that morning time, mm-hmm. you know, taking that 15 minutes. Do you find that that's a struggle or at first for them? And then it, you know, gets better over time. And what kind of changes do you see? So initially we, we talk a lot about thoughts. I'll yeah, ask yeah. them how do you feel? And I have some who are very resistant, like, no, I'm not, I'm not getting up in the morning. Like I, I want this time. Um, but this same mom that I was talking about with the four young children, she was like, oh man, like I'll, I'll try, you know, she, she gave me the commitment. She would try. And, um, we started with just 10 minutes. She was going to set her timer for 10 minutes, um, on a prayer blanket, because we really talk about the importance of having like your sacred space. So you need a spot where you are 
this is set aside for prayer. So maybe it's a chair, maybe it's a, a certain spot. She said she had an altar, but that wasn't comfortable. So we talked about that too. So she had a prayer blanket that was, that was set aside for morning. And we started with 15 minutes. Um, my clients can reach out to me through the Slack app. So throughout the week, if they need something. And so I just check in like the first couple days, how's it going? Um, and she had so many thoughts about getting up early, but when we talked about the thoughts, we went back to her why, and she kind of reframed. And so the first week she actually did really well, but the weekend, again, this is something that we like plan ahead for, because we know that weekends, vacations, anytime your schedule is not normal, um, you have to adapt and adjust a little bit. And so this is where often I see clients struggle too, is they miss a day and then it's like, oh, I can't do this. I can't stick to a routine. I can't actually, I always do this, you know? And then, so it's back to that, those thoughts. Yes. So we work through the thoughts again. Okay. Is this thought helpful? What's the emotion? We go through the whole process again. And over time they see like, I can do this. Mm. And this same mom told me after a month, she said, I cannot imagine going back to the way that I was praying before. She was very active in her community in helping lead prayer, those with her family, but she had no time for her own prayer life. And she said it was just so transformative that she could not imagine going back. Yeah. So those are the stories that I'm like, okay, this, this matters. People need this. And I know that in my own life too, I have to get up really early to beat my son. Mm-hmm. really early and it's hard yeah um, but if I skip it I am not the same like I am not as patient I'm not as virtuous I am not as kind yes <laughs> I need that time yes yeah, so so thank you for saying that because you know none of this is easy it sounds really simple to be like oh I'm building this new habit of silent prayer that sounds awesome mm-hmm. but if you've never done it before or like you said you know you got the littles and and there's just, you're like, really want to hold on to that, that time. But when you compare that to, you know, you, like you said, your client was like, I can't imagine not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. And you yourself said with, you know, your son, just that um, time to yourself so that you can show up as the best you, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want to be a bear every day. You want to be able to make, um, good decisions, both personally and professionally, you know, and how do you expect to do that if you're not even spending the time with the most important relationship? Mm -hmm. But, right. So, you know, if you're struggling with, with feeling like uh, reacting to things and kind of white knuckling it, Mm -hmm. I mean, please take a look at, you know, what you're talking about here with just that, that morning time you you've done so well in explaining like Catholic coaching and, you know, the importance of prayer time and, and silence. What, what are some myths about what you do and, and how do you respond to that? I think a common one that I was guilty of is I can figure this out on my own. We think that we don't need other people. Again, it goes back to that self-reliance or it's like, well, maybe that would be helpful. But again, it goes back to, I don't have time for that or it's not worth it, those types of things. But I think the, the biggest myth is I can figure this out on my own. I was coaching uh, a 23 year old woman the other night and she's like, this is 
Catholic coaching is the most underrated thing because she's like, yes, we need community and yes, we need prayer and we need church. She goes, but this just helping me to understand what is going on in my own brain is so profound. And I coached another mom and she was like, I don't understand why we're not teaching this to 10 year olds. Like after the first session, she was like, <laughs> why are we not, why are we not teaching this to people? And so I think the myth is that like, I can figure this out on my own or um, a lot of times with life coaching, it gets thrown of like, it's this new age practice. Yeah. But a lot of these concepts, especially that we're using particularly in Catholic coaching, like I said, this idea has been around since the 300s that our thoughts and our consent to our thought can lead us to sin, or we can choose to reject that thought and it can lead us to virtue. Mm -hmm. So this isn't something that's new, right? It's just something that's finally being talked about. Exactly. Exactly. And I love what you said about it could be new agey because I know when I was looking for a coach, um, that's what I struggled with. Um, I kept running into people who didn't align with my values, my faith, and that's such an important part of my life that it was really getting frustrating. So I was like, I was basically coaching people already. I wanted to make it official. And, mm -hmm. and so it was just very clear to me. I'm like, I need to be this person that I'm looking for, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I appreciate you saying that. And then of course, it's funny because once you make that decision, then all of a sudden I'm finding Catholic coaches everywhere, which is fantastic, mm -hmm. you know, which is fantastic yeah. because you're right. It's like, this is something that, like you said, the myth that I can do it by myself. Mm -hmm. We're, we're not meant to do it alone. We're not, you know, and it's, it doesn't mean um, that when you're reaching out for help or you're reaching out, you're thinking about coaching, doesn't mean you're a failure at all. Mm -hmm. In fact, I would say you're one of the smartest people in the room if that's what you're looking to do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, this idea that, you know, if you're, if you're looking for a coach, that some, something is quote unquote wrong, not necessarily. You mm -hmm. just know that there's more and you want to figure that out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And coaching, especially. So, I mean, if you're going through mental health issues, those kinds of things, like you would go to a therapist, but if you're like, okay, I'm, I'm doing okay. But I know that exactly like you said, I know that there's more, like there's so much more in me. Um, one of the things that I found a lot of people have told me just since they've seen me, I just, I left 13 years of teaching and I'm just following this call that God has put on my heart. And they're like, oh, like that has to take such courage. I'm like, well, that's part of what comes from coaching is the courage to follow where God is calling you. Like you stop caring about what other people think because you understand the power of your own thoughts and you, that discernment process is just so much stronger. Like you understand discernment on a whole new level to take every thought captive and obedient to Christ. And so you don't worry about some of those things. It's such a, uh, I always tell people it's such a win-win, you know, it's, it helps me grow, but then I get to watch someone grow into the person that God created them to be. It's just, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a real gift. So, so thank you for that. So let's revisit our scripture passage. And I always love taking a look at it the second time around. Cause I feel like, you know, based on our conversations, there's always like something new or just confirming. So uh, again, this is uh, Matthew 11 verses 28 through 30. 
come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. Well, there you have it. We were just talking about asking for help when you can't go it alone, right? So <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that is a beautiful one to really sit with, especially um, like Kylie, I know you you work with high achievers and, and, and you know, people like me, you always be like, I've got to do this on my own. Sit with this verse for a while <laughs> and see where see where it takes you. So thanks again for sharing that. So Kylie, if people want to know more about what you do, what you offer, listen to your podcast, how do they do that? So my podcast is called Persistence in Prayer, and my website is www.kyliemhine, and there you can find um, about my plan of life, four-week and 12-week program. I also have a really cool free download that a lot of people enjoy, and it is a temperaments examine. So it's based on the um, daily examine of St. Ignatius, but it's designed based off of your temperament. And if you don't know your temperament, you can reach out to me and I'll send you a free um, assessment where you can learn more about that. Mm -hmm. And I'm also on Instagram at Kylie M. Hine. Excellent. And all that is in the show notes, friends. So please go look for it. I love this idea of doing the, the examine for your temperament. That's a, that's a great one. So, and I love that. Hey, it's free guys, go get it. So thank you again, Kylie. It was such a pleasure hearing about what you do and uh, it's great to have you on. Absolutely. It was a joy to be here. Let's get growing and keep blooming. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Keep Blooming. Tune in every Wednesday for a dose of hope and encouragement. To be the first to know about my upcoming retreats and latest offerings, become an email subscriber at lizmontignycoaching.com. Have a wonderful week and remember to keep blooming.